Today she is Masech the Yivamis, Ches, we will begin on Daflamet Zayinam Abayis, 14 lines from the bottom. The Gemara continues in discussing situations where, as we mentioned already in the Mishnah, there was a woman who had a child. There was a woman whose husband died without children, and then her, and then she had Yibam within immediately after her husband's death, within the three months of her husband's death, and a child was born. And we're not sure of the status of this child. Is he the son of the first husband who passed away, or is he the son of the second husband, the son that was born after nine months after the first husband, or after seven months after the first husband? And the Gemara has been discussing different situations of Yerusha questions, of inheritance questions, that could come up between these two individuals. So the Mar begins, This Yavam now passed away. And he passed away. That was after the Yavam and this, and this boy, the son, who were not sure of his status, had divided the Yerusha of the deceased brother, as we learned in the previous year. The son claims that he is the son of that man. The brother claims, no, you're my son, and I was Miyabim, your mother, and Allah is, as we've learned a number of times in Amasechta, that someone who, the brother who's Miyabim, the wife, the Almana of his brother, gets the entire Yerusha. So they had this debate, as we had in our previous year. And the Gemara said, since we don't know who's who, the Allah is that they divide Chalkim. So now, that's what they had done. And now, this Yavam passes away. B'nai Yavam Amri, his, the ones who are truly his sons say, Aisaraya Dachunat, bring a ride that you are our brother, Ushkol, and you'll take a share in our father's Yerusha. This is the classical example. You claim you're our brother, you deserve a share here, so prove it. So the Suffolk tells them, If I am your brother, I deserve a share here. And if you're claiming that I am the son of the brother who had passed away, so then I shouldn't have to divide, as we just said, in the Yerusha of that individual. Rather, give me back the half that your father took. And Rashi points out that you would only have this kind of debate if it's to his benefit. He's going to make a claim. We have to look at which Yerusha is more, and that's when he's going to make the claim. So Rabbi Amma. In other words, what he's really asking for is for a reversal. According to them, let's reverse the original dentira. And if you're claiming now that I don't deserve a share in this new dentira, then we should reverse the original dentira, and I should get everything from that from that Yerush of my of the brother who had passed away. Rav Rav teaches us the name Rav Kamdina. The loch is. That once Bezdan Paskins, the Psak chain remains and it can't be overturned. 
The Ritva explains that that's pshat, the 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 point of this Gemara is that that's the power of a of a psak bezdin. That when bezdin issues a psak, the psak remains under all circumstances, even if there's a reason to turn it over now. Others explain that the concept of din kamdina, the trumas addition, is it goes with yish. We know often in halacha there's a concept of yish. The once somebody gives up, he gives up his rights, he forfeits his rights, he forfeits the rights. So what happened here is, says the Trumas Adeshin, is when the first Tyra issued its ruling, the everybody agreed to it, and they were meyayish from any from getting back what they thought they were deserving. The Urim Vitumu says that the basis of Kamdina is Hefker, Bezdin, Hefker. We know Bezdin has strong powers in taking away and people's property and assets. And once Bezdin decided that that's what should be, we follow the concept of Hefka, Bezdin, Hefka. Rav Yirmiyah, on the other hand, says, correct, Hadadina. We have a right to, the, this son is making a fair claim. And therefore, the brothers have to, they have to accept one way or the other. Lema, so the Gemara wants to suggest that this machlekes that we're having now between Rabbi Abba and Yirmiya is actually a machlekes tanoim that plucked the Adam of Rabban Kamifkli. The Tanan, the Mishnah teaches us some sechtek subas. Mishalachum dinas ayom vavdulay derech sadeu. Somebody went overseas. He had a field, but he had to get a path. You have to have a path, obviously, to be able to enter your field. And now we can't. Determined, we can't identify what was that path. Admin, I'm a That he should pick, they should give him the shortest, smallest path, but he certainly deserves a path to be able to get into his field. He has to spend whatever it costs to get. A yifafavr, fly in the fly there. We don't have any obligation to give you something if we can't know what really belongs to you. So, and the, we asked the question to Rabban and Shapakama Admin. Isn't Admin saying the fair thing? The man deserves a path. He had a path. What do we expect from him? So he explains that the mission over there is referring to a situation. That he's been encircled by four, four different people in the four different directions. And therefore, whenever he comes to choose a path, every person tells him, why are you coming to me? Your path is by the other one. And that's why the Rabbanan said their opinion, he has, he's, he has no real recourse here. Ask the Gemara, now the other way. Yachi, so the claim of the Rabbanan is very strong. Why should any one of them be the one that should have to give up his path more than anybody else? Yachi, my Talmud Admin. I'm a Rava, if there are four people, if there are four people surrounding his field, and they bought their four properties for four different people, or even or even if they all bought it from the same person originally, but now we have four different owners of the fields around this person's field, everybody agrees that each one of them could say, What, what do you want from me? Keep pligi. The machlokes we have here is bechad the osmikayich arba, where there's one person surrounding 
his field. So he certainly can't say, well, go to a different person. There is nobody else to go to. But the, he had bought it from four different individuals. Admit the person who doesn't know where his path is, could say to this landlord, this owner of the four properties around his property, no matter how we look at it, I have a path through your field. Give me, understandably, the shortest, easiest path, the smallest property, but I deserve something. Rabbanan Savri, the person who bought these four properties, says to the person who lost his path, if you remain silent, fine. And if you don't want to remain silent, I'll undo this entire transaction. And now it's going to go back to the original four different owners. And as we just said, when there are four separate owners, there's no, he has no legitimate claim because each one of them pushes off. Pushes him off. So suggests the Gemara. Lema, Reb Abba Amak Rabbanan. Reb Abba holds like Rabbanan that who say that he has no claim because Reb Abba says like Rabbanan, you can't expect him to. Reb Abba says come that like Rabbanan that he doesn't get a path. Because once the sack has been I- issued, the issue is, is, is finished. Say too, once the situation changed, that once the person bought the four properties, we don't go back and say, well, originally it was four different owners. We look at what it is currently. And currently, it's one owner who owns all the properties around my property. And therefore, he has nowhere to push me off to. Holds like admin, and therefore he has the right to go back, and therefore, I can agree with admin because admin There, where did admin say that you have a right to go back? Because he says to him, There's no question what the truth is. There is, I have a path by what, by this person. I may not know in which field, from whom he purchased that field, but I certainly have a claim to you. I will hocho, by the quesh of the Suffolk and the Bnei Yovim, I don't, the Suffolk maybe doesn't have any rights here because we don't know he may not be a son at all of this second brother, the Yovim brother who died. So the situations are not comparable. Where somebody has a definite claim, we just don't know to whom to go to, versus a case we doesn't necessarily even have a definite claim. Rabbi Yimri says just the opposite. That he has no recourse. If you remain silent, and not make any claim, okay. If you lie, I always have a right, Mahadrin Shtarul Marayu, I could undo all of the transactions that I bought the four separate fields around your field. And then you'll have four different people that own the fields around your field. And as we've been learning, when there are four different people owning the field around your field, there is no room for the entire. In our case, there's no one to say I could I could turn it back. Because 
over here, the, the claim is a real claim, and the Bnei Yavam and the son have nowhere to say, well, well, we'll turn things back. They can't turn anything back here. And, and it says, it continues the Gemara. Another case of Suffolk Yavam, the father, the first man who had died, and now the Yavam died, and the father of these, not the Yavam didn't die, and now their father died. Suffolk Amma, Hai Gavra, Bamisnahu, I am the son of the person who died, that means I'm the son of the first brother, and my father would have been a Yorish of my of this of the grandfather who died. So the Gemara is keeping it simple. They're entirely two brothers. There was there were two brothers. So this son is saying that I deserve half of my father's my grandfather's Yerusha because I'm taking my father's place. And Yavim Amma and Yavim says. You have no claim in this in, in this case. At brother you're my son. So a son doesn't get a grandson doesn't get the son gets the entire Yerusha. The last loch of Lamidi, and therefore you're not deserving of anything. So says the Gemara. Have a Yavam Vadai. The Yavam is certainly uh, has a claim here. He's certainly a son, and he certainly deserves at least fifty percent. The Suffolk and the other one is a Suffolk. If he gets anything, faint Suffolk Maitzim Devadai, somebody who has a, a, a strong claim cannot win, uh, cannot prevail against somebody who has a weak, a, a weak claim. And as to Rishonim, all he has a strong claim on is on 50%. He has Taka 50% because he's certainly a son and he certainly deserves 50%. But why? Because that he has a strong claim on 50%, does that give him the right automatically on the other 50%? If somebody is muxik in something, as the Rishonim, on part of it, does that make him muxik on all of it? So the Rishonim respond. If, indeed, we have it in Torah, and the fact that somebody is muxik, the fact that somebody is holding on to something we often discuss gives him a strong claim in that in Torah, it only helps him for what he's holding. It does not help him for what he's not holding. But it, although that that is clearly the halacha, that that is also here. It's stronger because the fact that he's muxik is not just a, a proof that he's in a strong place. The fact that he's muxik shows that he is a that he deserves something here, whereas the other one. Who's not has has no claim at all. That's why the fact that he's the fact that the brother is muxik somewhat is a consideration in our Gemara. Next case: Yavam Sava. In this case, the the Suffolk, the one who's not sure who his father is, and the Yavam's children. The Yavam is not alive anymore. The, the suffix father or baby father is certainly not alive, and the grandfather now died, and all the grandsons are coming to Yarshin. Suffolk Amma, who by Misnu, the suffix says about himself that I am the son of the first brother who deceased, 
And again, as we said a moment ago, we're referring here to a situation where there are two brothers, and I deserve half of the rush of my grandfather. Amri, and the children of the Yavim now say, you are our brothers, you are our brother. That means our grandfather left over only one son. The son that died, all of his Yerusha went to his brother. So our, our father is, was the only Irish, and he gets everything that the grandfather left over. And now you could get a share with us. Amansa Islabadan, you're our brother. So the question is, now he's became a brother. So it says the Gemara. Palga the So the Suffolk, the individual who's the Suffolk, agrees that the Bnei Yavim deserve half. Tilsa the Kamaidalu, and they agree that he deserves a third, because now they're saying he's their brother. So everybody takes what they agree. The only question is the Pashludanka. There's a third that's left over. That is a question. Who, de- who deserves that? Who deserves that third? Says the Gemara, as we mentioned at the beginning of the year. This is a moment of multiple suffix. This moment, this is money who we don't know really who is the owner of it. The Chalkin, and they divide it. Final case. Suffolk v'yavam, Saba v'yavam, benechse Suffolk. Here we refer to a situation where this individual who was the Suffolk, we're not sure who his father was, the first brother or the second brother, passed away. And now the question is, who is his Yairus? If he's the son of the second, of the Yavam, so Allah is if somebody dies without children, his father yarshins him. If, on the other hand, he is the son of the Suffolk, his grandfather has a claim, gets the Yerusha before his uncle. So there's a machloik, so they're arguing whose son was this individual. Oi, we could have another situation. Saba the Suffolk Benechse Yavam. The Yavam died. The Suffolk says, I am his son, and I deserve the entire Yerusha. The grandfather says, you are, this, you are the son of the first brother who died. You're his nephew. Now certainly, if somebody, Rahman's son, dies without children, his father comes before his nephew. So says the Gemara in both of these cases, it's a case of Mama Mutlubasafik, and since it's a Mama Mutlubasafik, the Allah is Chalkim, it's divided. Says the Mishnah, Shemer Shavim, you have a woman whose husband passed away without children, Rahman, she's waiting for Yibam or Chalitza. And while she's waiting, Shemer Shavim means that she's waiting for the Yibam or Chalitza. During this time, she, a father, a father died, and she deserves to get the Yerusha from her father. So the question is, how does Dalacha look at this situation? Does it look like a married woman? And Dalacha is that a married woman's, if a married woman gets a Yerusha, it reverts to her husband. Or, since she's a Shemeris Yavam, she's not considered as if she's, ma- as she's married, and her Yavam has no right to that inheritance. Says the Mishnah, Everybody agrees, she could do whatever she wants to do with that money, and whatever transaction she did with it, because she is the 
owner of that property, the fact that she has a, a Yavam, a Yavam doesn't mean in any sense, we'll discuss this of course more in the Gemara, that doesn't make any, doesn't make her, that Yavam have any rights like a husband has rights. And there's an interesting Machloikis Rishonim, what will be if she, if she is a Shemeris Yavam that the Yavam did Mimer. He didn't do he didn't do Yibam, but he did Mimer in her. Would that change it? The Ramban says that Mimer doesn't have, as we often describe, a halachic place, Midaraisa, and therefore wouldn't change the rule. The Balamar seems to disagree. The Balamar says under that, under these circumstances, the halach is that she does the Khatkhila. The, the Yovam who did Maimur in her should be at least at the minimum involved in any business transaction that she does because she's ultimately going to get married. And then the Mukha Yosef frames our Mishnah. The Mukha Yosef says that in Sechtek Subas, as we're going to learn, there's Machloik's Beshamim Beisilol. What is the halacha? We know that every Jewish marriage is in two stages, Erisin and then the Suin. And the Gemara Masechta Ksuba says, Machlech Spesham Beiselol, how do we treat a woman who is a, an Arusa? And explains in the Mukha Yosef that this Gemara, that our Mishnah, of course, is very different. And the reason why our Mishnah is very different, he says, is because an Arusa, we know, is considered an Eshesish. If somebody has relations with this woman while she's a Arusa, the Alocha views it as a person who had relations with a woman who's an Eishasish. A Shemeres Yavam, certainly when she's a Shemeres Yavam, as we just described, that didn't even have Mimer, is an individual who is not considered in halachic terms an Eishasish in any way. And since she's not considered an Eishasish in any way, that's why while she's in this status, she whatever she gets to own is completely hers. Mesa, if she dies while she was a Shemeris Yavam, Mayasab Ksubasa. We know that every woman, when she gets when she gets married, the husband has to write a Ksuba, a certain amount that he's going to pay if the marriage ends and she's still alive, that he has to pay at the Ksuba. And he also she also writes into the Ksuba the Nikse Tsoim Basil. The Nikse Tsoim Basil are called assets that are very strong. That the Allah is that he could work, those assets are considered like his, but again, when the marriage terminates, he has to pay her in the Ksuba the value of the Nixay Tsoin Barzil. So, what happened now that she died? The question is all these different assets that I just identified, how does the Allah look at those assets? My Yasub Ksubasa, Ubin Khasim. Are different properties or animals that a woman brings into the marriage. That the halacha is that the actual properties and assets are considered hers, but what comes the the payris, the rent from the property, the animals that are born, are all belong to the husband. So here we have that this woman died as a shemeris yavam. The duhar yorshim, take it, get them, or does the yavim get it? 
Beisham's opinion is that Allah is Yechloiku, that the this is all these assets are divided between the Yarshe Habal, the Yarshim of her husband, which means the Yavam or Yavamim, if they're more than one brother, and Yarshav with her Yarshim. There's an interesting question why are her Yarshim called Yarshi Ha'av? Why is it not called Yarshe or Isha? So the Rishonim respond, the Gemara wanted to, the Mishnah wanted to avoid using the word Yarshe Isha because we're not really sure who are the Yarshe Isha. We're not sure how to treat this woman as a married woman and therefore the Yavam would be her Yarish or she's single and her father is her Yarish. So in order to avoid that type of a mix-up, the Mishnah used the word Yarshayav. However, disagree that when we have this situation that the Shemeris Yavim passed away and we don't know what to do with the various assets that we just identified, says everything remains status quo. The Ksuba The Ksuba wasn't obviously, as we said, paid out. So it's considered still in the property of the husband, the husband's not here, it means his Yarshim, his brothers, the assets that really belonged to her, but the husband only had a right to eat the papers, as we said, and the Chazak of her family. But then the Mishnah teaches us that if Yavam did Yibam, she becomes a full-fledged wife to this husband. And once she becomes a full-fledged wife to this husband, at this point, the ksuba, normally a husband writes, and the Gemara is going to explain why this is the Normally, as we know, when a woman marries a husband, the husband writes a ksuba to his wife. In this situation, there is no ksuba Written, there is no nuksuba written to the wife from the assets of the Yavam. Rather, the ksuba is on the responsibility of the estate of the husband who passed away. As the Gemara, the Mishnah began with a Shmeres Yavam that got a Yerusha from a father, that the Mishnah said that in the Reisha, that case, everybody agreed that she is the full fledged owner of those assets. Everybody agreed, as we learned in the Mishnah, that she's the full-fledged owner. So ask the Gemara, Mashna Reisha, why in the Reisha, the Loi Pligi, there's no Machlaikis, and everybody agrees that she's the full-fledged owner. And Mashna Seifa, why in the case when she passed away, do we all of a sudden have a Machlaikis, Beishami Beisilu, that Beishami says that the Muxim are divided with the Yavam. The Reisha is referring to a situation that she was only in Arusa to her husband. And then her husband, the Arus, passed away without any children. The Sefer explains the Gemara, that when her husband, that she and her husband had Nesuin and then after her husband, and then her husband passed away. And the Gemara explains, the Kasava Ula, Zika Sarusa, 
when she was only an Arusa to her first husband, and now she's in a status of Zika to the Yavam, is a very weak status. Because as we explained, an Aris is a lesser status than a Nasua. And here, she's not even an Arusa to this man. She has Zika to this man. So since she's in such a weak relationship, Beishamai teaches us that a woman who's an Arusa could sell, could sell her own property. She's not considered like an Eshesish, that Kamasha Kansisha Kanabala, that her husband is considered the owner of a property. So if that's the Allah according to Beishamai, by every Arusa, certainly a woman who was an Arusa, and now she's not even that much. She's only Shemeris Yovam, which halachically puts her into a new status. It puts her into the status of a Suffolk Arusa, that she is the full-fledged owner and decider of those assets. And, the, and that is the opinion of Ula, because Ula says that even if she was in a sewer, Zika's Nesua, if she was in the sewer to the first husband, all that accomplishes is Isaac Suffolk Nesua. It takes a lower that she's considered like a Suffolk Nesua. And as the Rishonim point out, Tysus points out, that even though Ula is saying that Shemeris Yovam, somebody who has Zika, is always taken down a drop, Basil still holds that a Suffolk Nesua has a strong band here. She started off in the sewer, and the Zika gives her a very strong ba- band. And that's why Basil is going to say that the, the Yavam has a very strong position. Beishamai will not necessarily agree. Says the Gemara. Zika's Arusa, if she was an Arusa, and then she fell to Yibam, says the Gemara, what that accomplishes, that Oysa Suffolk Arusa, that all she's considered like now is like a Suffolk Arusa. This Agadatik says the Gemara. If you're going to treat her like a Vade Arusa, Maiden Basilo, if she's a Vade Arusa, Maiden Basilo, Shemacheris, Benesenis, the Kayum, would Basilo say, we started the Mishnah pointing out that in the first thing of the Mishnah, there is no Machloikis Beisham Beisil. So ask the Gemara, would Beisil agree that Arusa could do whatever she wants? With her assets, but Tanan, Ham, we learned the Masechtik Subas as we mentioned, not like that. The Mishnah says that an Isha that became an Arusa, a woman that became an Arusa, the and then she becomes the owner of certain assets. Mishinus Arsa after she became an Arusa, Bishamaymatipka, she still is the owner of those assets, the sole owner, and does everything she feels fit. she doesn't have. Those rights. But even Beis Hillel agrees, which she should not have done, it must be that why did Beis Hillel agree in the first case of our Mishnah that she could do whatever she wants? It must be because since she was only in Arusa and now she's in the status of, a, of, of Zika, which makes her even less, which puts her into this new category that we've been discussing of a Suffolk Arusa, that Zika's Arusa oises Suffolk Arusa. Nadegemar goes a step further. Zika's Nasua, if she was a Nasua to her husband, and that husband passed away, and now she has Zika to her Yavam, 
says the Gemara that the halacha must be that zikas nesua ois a suffolk nesua. That a woman who's in that status is in the status of a suffolk nesua. Because, says the Gemara, isalkadatach, vade nesua, if you're going to treat her like a vade nesua, we learned in the Mishnah, beishamai oimrim, yachloik yarsha balam yarsha av. V'tanan, but haven't we learned in the Mishnah that nafla nesafik nechasim mishnesis, the Mishnah teaches us mesachtik subas, that if a woman is married and she, after the Nesuin, she comes, some property comes to her, she inherits some property, Eilu ve'elu ma'idim, both Be'eshama and Be'eshama are in agreement, and Machar ve'nasna, that if she did any sale of that, it's meaningless, because her husband is the one that controls those assets. And how would our Mishnah, Be'eshama, say that she has ownership in those assets? It must be, because since here she only had a zika of Nesua, a zika of Nesua, is this Isa Suffolk Nesua, she's only treated like a Suffolk Nesua, and therefore, Beishamai says that Yechloiku. And even Beishil, as we learned in the Mishnah, and that Situation holds the chasm bechaskasam, but not that they considered the and the ownership of the yavam. If the yavam, however, if zikas nesuin were to treat, make into a full fledged nesuin, then the locha ought to be that he is the owner of those assets, just like a husband always is. Amle rava. So rava says to ula adam instead of beishamai and beisel arguing begufa. About the niximalug, ulacha misa, how to treat it after misa, lifkibachaya, why don't they discuss what is the status of niximalug? Again, to review, we learned in our Mishnah that the status of niximalug, as long as the couple is married, is that the Paris go to the husband. So why don't we have a machlaikis, who is the, who is entitled to the Paris of the niximalug while she is a Shemeris Yavim? Because if she's treated like an asur, the halacha should go to the yavam, according and that, or according to Beis Shammai, and if according to Bechil, the halacha nechaskim becheskasam, and she should be the owner and get the payers. Why did the Mishnah have to come up with a case of that she died? Ella Marava, therefore, Rabba has a different interpretation. Idi both the ratio and the safe of our Mishnah are talking about a case, the Nafla Kshinasua. She was an Asua to her first husband, and now she's a Shemaris Yavim. The Zika's Nasua, and everybody agrees that the Zika of Nasua, what is she now halachically considered? Oysa Suffolk Nasua. She's in this new category that we've identified in our Shia today. She's a Suffolk Nasua. Ratio, but in the ratio that she, that she's still alive, she certainly deserves, she's certainly an owner of this property. The Ihu and the and the Yavam is a suffix because the, the Zika only creates a suffix Nasun. The word suffix Vadai here are not your typical definition of suffix Vadai. And therefore, since she is a Muxik, the, the, uh, the brothers, the Yavam, don't have stronger claims on her. But that's only, explains Rabba, in the Rasha, where she is still alive. However, in the Sefer, as we continued learning the Mishnah, Mesa, this Yavama, 
passed away. And since the Yavama passed away, so now there's a dispute who is Har Yairish? Halola, finally Yairish. Har family comes to say, we are Har Yarshim. Falalu, Bayan Lirish. And, and the Yavim says, I'm our husband. Zika Kiknusa. And we're the Yarshim. And therefore, the Allah is, Yechleku, we divide it. So, explain to Rishayim. Even though when the Yavim is alive, and we don't know, and the husband, the Yavim is claiming that we have rights here, even though Beshamai agrees that in those cases the Yavam has no rights, because she, as we just said, is a Muxik, and he's a Suffolk. But in the second case, she's not a Muxik, because she's not alive. So we're saying that the reason in the ratio, her claim is stronger, because she is a vadai, she and the and they are suffic because we don't know how to treat a, 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 a woman who has zika from the suin. But ask the Gemara for tanan. The Mishnah sechta baba basra daf kufnun zayin amanalf teaches us nafla bais alav alaviv. A home fell on a person and on his father. Alav fell echad mimarishav on him and. Somebody who he is, somebody who he could inherit. And this person, this son, had a ksubis isha, his, he owed a ksubis isha, he owed, he had balchayv, he owed money. So now the question is, who died first? If his father died first, so then he became the Yerush of his father. So he had assets for that moment, and those assets should pay up his obligations. But if he died first, so then he never became the owner of those assets. And there's no claim on those assets. Yoshiav Aimrim, Habem Mesrishin, the other people who are Yoshim of that father, make it simple. His brothers say that the son died first, Vachkach Mesav, and then the father died. So the son died first. Since the son died first, his father was still alive. His father was his Yairish. He never owed, owned any money because he died before his father died. And now his father died and the other brothers get all of those assets. And the people who have claims on this deceased brother have a claim to an estate that has no money. The Ba'chayv says what happened there was the opposite. The father died first. And then the son died. And therefore, there was a moment that he was the Yerush of his father. And whatever got it, whatever share he got in his father's assets, he owned, he owned, and he owns, the estate owns. And we have a claim because there's an obligation to us. So what do we do here? Because we can't, we don't know who died first and who died second. We have to divide the share that he would have gotten between his estate and the estate of the brothers. The Nechassim remain in their Chazaka. But ask the Gemara, ask Sabaya to Rabbi, the Yosheav certainly have a claim here because they deserve certainly a share in their father's estate. 
The Bachayv, if he deserves anything or not here, is a Suffolk. And yet Beis is teaching us, that, yet we're learning here, the Beishama is teaching us the Kaasu Safik or Maitsim Devadai. But we're learning in our Shir that we don't that Loyasu Safik Maitsim Devadai. Answers the Gemara, here it's very different. Because even though says Beishamai, that normally I that I I'm going to be uh, agreeable that ain't Safik Aitsimadai Vadai, here because the the Yarshe of the father who certainly deserve a Shir here. The brothers of this person who died are not stronger than the Baal Chayv. Because Savi opinion is the Shtar since he owed money, Kigavidavi. It's as if he, this individual who's the Baal Chayv, is also a, a Yorish here because he has a Shtar, and that Shtar gives him very strong position. Ask the Gemara, Umanat Tamra. Where do we learn this concept that Shtar Ayman Ligvais Kigavidami, the Tanan? You have an Isha, you have a woman that had Kinui and Stira. And we know that the Allah is that such a woman is supposed to drink the Mesaita to determine what is her status. But what happened here, as the Mishnah Masech, the Saita, Davchaf Talar, Manalav describes, Mesu Balei Machloi Sosu. Her husband passed away before she could drink the Mesaita. And the Allah is, that a woman whose husband is not alive doesn't drink the Mesaita. Not a question is, because the Pasuk says, Not a question is, what is with the Ksuba? They can't drink the Mesaita, as we just said. She gets the Ksuba, but she's entitled to Ksuba. Either they should drink, if they don't drink, they won't get a ksuba. So the Gemara stops immediately. Oishaisis, is Beisela giving an option that they should drink the Mesaita? But we just quoted the Pasik. That the Pasik says, that the only time you drink Mesaita is if the husband brings her. And that obviously is impossible here for Lekha. That's impossible here because her husband passed away. Says the Gemara, because she can't drink, because that option is not here. The husband is dead. The Allah is, Beishel is going to hold, they, they don't get the Ksuba. Ask the Gemara. But let's understand, this woman claimed to Ksuba is a Suffolk. Suffolk is a noy, Suffolk is like noy. We don't know if she had an adulterous relationship or not. If she had an adulterous relationship, she doesn't deserve a Ksuba. If she didn't, then she deserves a ksuba. And yet we're learning that according to Beshamai, she gets the ksuba. Isn't this a proof that ka'asu sofik or moitzimidei vadai? How do we understand that? Is Beshamai going to say that? Ella, we're learning that a sofik is not stronger than a vadai. Ella, how do, must we explain it? The Shmami know that because she's holding on to the ksuba, that's considered, that is in the category of a shtar oimid ligvois, and shtar oimid ligvois kigavidami. Fabaya, a baya who says that, that the reason for Baishamai is because Suffolk might say daivadai, what's the question? Loisimaha, why didn't he ask originally, immediately, why did he ask from the Mishnah in Masechta Baba Basra when he wanted to prove? Against Rabbah, that Beishamai agrees that ain't Sufik Moitzim Vadai. 
that why didn't he, why did he choose to ask a question from the Mishnah and Baba Basra that we described? Why shouldn't he be asked, shouldn't he be asked from this Mishnah, Mesech the Saita? Mesech the Saita is in Seyda Nashim. Our Gemara, Mesech the Yivam is in Seyda Nashim. Says, reason Abayah preferred to ask from that Mishnah is double Ksubas Ishishani. You can't bring a Raya from Ksubas Isha, Mishim Chino. And the way Rashi explains, Chazal instituted that women should get a Ksuba because women should be interested in getting married. And therefore we can't bring a Raya from Ksubas, from what, from a woman's claim to Ksuba to any other area in Aloha. That's one way of learning it. Other explanation that Tysus quotes from Rebbein Hanano is here a woman lost her husband. And we want that the woman should be able to get remarried. And therefore, since we want that the woman should be able to get remarried, we give her a ksuba. And therefore we can't bring a raya from ksuba to anywhere else. The but ask the Gemara, why don't we ask from the Ksuba in our Mishnah? In our Mishnah we said that that Beishamah said we divide the, the Yarshi Abal and the Yarshi Isha divide that Ksuba. Even though the Yarshi Abal are holding on to that money and we don't know if she deserves any of that money. Isn't this a proof that Suffolk is Maitzmi Devadai? Answers the Gemara, Loipligi. Beishamai and Beishil are not arguing over the Ksuba. And Beishamai is going to agree, says the Gemara, that the Ksuba is, like Beishil said, in the estate of the Baal. And since the woman's Yarshim cannot make a definitive claim that they deserve it, because the Yavam is the Yorish of the husband. It's a situation of ain't Sophic Maitzividei Vadai. Says the Maravaloi, is that true that Beishamai didn't disagree with Beishil regarding the Ksuba? Vakhtani, the Bryce, the Mishnah teaches us, Mesa, when she dies, Mayasab Ksubasab and the Chasm 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 and the Chasm. So Mishnah says that the Chasm and the the way to understand the Mishnah, Mesa, when she dies, Mayasu Biksubasa. What should we do with the Ksuba? And the Mraisa Vishafka. The Mishnah doesn't go back into it. Then the Mishnah continues discussing what should we do with the Khnasam and the Khnaisa Vyatsim Imai. There Bishamim Yachlaiku Yoshabam Yashav. We sell him in the Khnasum Khaskasam because Bisham agree that ain't Safak Mitzvi Devadai. Omar Vashi, Masnisan Nami Daika. We've we learned the Mishnah well. You'll see that the Mishnah is Reishamai holds that the Ksuba certainly belongs and remains with the Yarshabal. The Ktani, the Mishnah says, Yachloiki Yarshabal and Yarshav. We're talking about properties that were in her control. What should we do with them? But like Tani, that so Mishnah says that the Yarshabal get a share. But the Mishnah did not speak about Yorshe Av and Yorshe Bao. Because what they have, what the husbands Yorshma have, the Ksuba, re- certainly remains with them. Shmamina, the Beishamai doesn't agree, disagree over the Ksuba. And the reason is because ain't Sophic Moitzim Devadai, which Beishamai agrees to.